Hi and welcome to Boom, It's on the Blockchain. My name is Alistair Caithness. Uh, glad you've joined on this evening's show. So to, this week we're going to be talking about nuclear fusion in the transition in energy. You know, what people have to understand in going forward, it's going to be an energy mix. It's not just going to be 100% green energy because that's impossible. We still need to produce oil for plastics. But one of the key energy sources that already provides us large percentages of our energy is nuclear. And specifically what we're looking tonight is nuclear fusion. Well, nuclear gets maybe a bit of a right. bad rep, I would say. You know, some people out there think it's a little bit dodgy when, you know, North Korea get hold of a weapon or some country like that's getting them, as we will think about. But they actually think if we're going to transition energy and become 100% CO2 friendly, then, you know, nuclear is going to do its part. So over to you, Dave, transition and energy. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, energy is energy. So um, what's different about this, though, I mean, you were mentioning about concerns about nuclear energy. What we're going to talk a little bit about tonight are some advancements in nuclear fusion. So this is different than fission, which is the splitting of the atom where you wind up with some nuclear waste afterward. And, and that's always the problem, right? How do you dispose of the waste? There is no waste with no nuclear fission. And so it's always been the holy grail in terms of, of energy sources. So there's still work being done on it, um, but just wanted to highlight um, some this one company that, that uh, recently reached a milestone in terms of temperatures and uh, and show a little bit about their uh, about their fusion reactor. So the thing about nuclear fusion is that it's it's very costly to accomplish. So we have a company here though that has been making some strides and uh, hitting some milestones in terms of the temperatures that they're reaching. So we're getting that much closer to the day when nuclear fusion is going to be a viable option in the infrastructure. And so I'll pitch out to Shep here. we got a little bit of video to show um, about what this company's been working on. Basically what powers our sun. I mean, when you get down to the nitty gritty, it's basically nuclear fusion. Um, by using the hydrogen barren requires much, much higher temperatures to achieve fusion as it is much more difficult, Holland says, getting to the 50 million degrees Celsius earned TAE a $280 million uh, infusion of money in April from investors including Vulcan, Venrock, NEA, Welcome Trust, Google, and Kuwait Investment Authority, as well as family offices of Addison Fisher, Art Sandberg, and... Charles Schwab in total, TAE Technologies has raised $880 million from uh, investors. But 50 million degrees Celsius, it is still hot, not hot enough to create what is called net energy with the present technology. So that's pretty amazing, really. You know, when you think about it, nuclear fusion, you know, what did we really know about nuclear fusion? You know, it's probably very little. There was a movie of uh, The Saint played by Val Kilmer, and they were talking about nuclear fusion, this free energy that, that essentially everyone wanted to get their hands on. You know, if you don't have time to read about it, watch that movie. Some of the disguises from Val are absolutely first class, you know. So um, I'll maybe pop a couple up later anyway in the end credits, you know, see if you can spot whether it's Val or not. You know, the disguises were so good. Maybe not sort of Mission Impossible, you know, budgets in terms of special effects, but, you know, it's 
plastic nose, stuff like that, you know. Uh, good one anyway, good movie anyway, Val, some good acting, you know. So, right, so now we're going to start speaking about another, uh, obviously, interest to us is electric batteries. You know, we all know about electric cars essentially now because of Tesla. You know, one thing Elon Musk is he's now got the fastest electric vehicle in the world. It can go from 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, the Tesla Roadster, and it goes over 250 miles per hour on the road. You know, that's a pretty fast vehicle itself. But the technology we're speaking about is batteries. So back to, uh, you know, the dynamic duo, Dave and Shep. Right. So, so what we're bringing to the table today is just the fact that, you know, in terms of electric vehicles, it's all about the efficiency. And a lot of companies are working on battery technology. And that's, as you mentioned, you know, something that Musk has been working on, um, building his, you know, battery factories and, and continuing research. Um, but there are other efficiencies to be had. And so we had an article here about this one company that's making strides uh, in finding additional efficiencies in their electric vehicles uh, within the drivetrain itself. And so I'll pitch out to Shep here on, on some of the work that they've been doing. Chet? When it uh, comes to humanity completely making uh, the shift towards the electric vehicle, one of the main topics of debate is the performance of the electric cars, which is more or less limited by the... But experts now show us that there are other factors to focus on when it comes to improving the range of electric vehicles. A team of German scientists from the Frankhofer Institute for Reliability and Microintegration, IZM in Berlin, explained that the battery is not only culprit when it comes to how far uh, your electric car can go. The driver, the driver train is another important uh, component to look at as well. In a project called uh, Size Sufficient, the researchers are working on redesigning the power inverter and promise a 6% boost in range, according to Eugene Earhart, who is responsible for the project. For this to be achieved, they are using more energy-efficient semiconductors for the transistors. The semiconductors are made of silicon carbide which is SIC, and as the electric current flows through them, they don't dissipate as much power. A lot of our normal driving actions cause the inverter to lose power, such as driving at high speeds or braking or vice versa. The reason why that happens is that the electric current keeps on flowing back and forth between the electric the car's electric motor and inverter in the battery. Right. So there are a lot of opportunities in terms of efficiency, you know, yes. and, and I think you're, you're driving to that as well. You know, they, they need a more efficient cooling as well, because as you said, the, the temperature of these things is an issue at this point and the cooling solutions that they have are pretty pricey as well. So there's yes. also some, some efforts being done in terms of redesign um, of the cooling uh, mechanisms as well to, to kind of bring the overall price down and increase the efficiency. So great, but now it's back to my favorite bit of the show, you know, 
it's like how many shadow bands have we had on TikTok right now? Loads, by the way, everybody. You know, we're always getting a shadow ban. If you mention 5G in TikTok, you get a shadow ban. About, you know, people losing their jobs because of 5G. And it's actually they're losing their jobs because of artificial intelligence, Dave, you know? So self-driving cars, and because of the 5G, you know, we should actually do a section on this. But essentially what 5G is going to do is going to be a lot safer for us to get into a self-driving car with this new, essentially, uh, internet speed across the globe. If you want to explain to people the safeties and benefits of self-driving cars, and Dave? Well, I mean, we've seen the uptick in terms of accidents um, from distracted driving already, right? I mean, that you introduce the mobile phone and, and everybody out there is texting and having conference calls. And, and I mean, you're plugged into your vehicle now as well. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a big problem. And so what self-driving vehicles will do is it'll, it'll take away that distraction factor. You'll be able to concentrate fully on whatever you're doing, whether it's a conference call or, or you know, your meeting or, or, you know, putting together your shopping list. Um, additionally, what it'll do is it's going to drive uh, the whole uh, uh, paradigm of how we use vehicles. It's going to be, it's going to change. People will not necessarily own vehicles uh, as much anymore. Um, you'll be able to essentially, just like you do right now for an Uber, uh, you know, order up your, your, your driverless vehicle. It'll arrive at your door and it can be there, you know, at a pre-appointed time. Um, and then you can take your meeting from your home office and continue it into the car and your car will take you to your destination. And, and, and essentially uninterrupted, you'll be able to continue your work and head into the office or wherever you're going for your conference. Um, so, uh, again, same thing. Food delivery, same thing. Um, so there we go. Look at that. You know who that one is? Rooster Cogburn. And Rooster I actually Cogburn. think, yeah, I, I was actually thinking that, you know, if you're looking at President Biden, you know, when he came in, a little bit old, you know, a little bit shuffly and stuff like that. But I actually think he's a lot more aggressive than I thought he would be. And I'm actually thinking now, every time I look at him, I'm thinking he's watching this Rooster Cogburn, John Wayne movie, and he, no, no, honestly, he's styling himself in Rooster. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he is, he is styling himself in Rooster. Now, everyone might be thinking out there, is the Scottish guy onto something, or is he just like away with it? No, he's right. You watch the movie, you think he's past his best, but there's still some life in him. And he, he doesn't take any messing, he's just straight in there. And, you know, no matter what Biden does, he just doesn't seem, you know, if a reporter asks him a question, doesn't like, oh, are you? You know, that, that thing that happened out in Syria, boom, you know, flying for, and bombs into them. And she did not weren't happy, but he wasn't holding back, you know. So right. as much as there'll be a lot of Republicans out there thinking he's weak, but I actually don't think Biden's weak at all. I think Biden is the rooster cogburn of American politics. <laughs> what do you think of that sort of... Like, I bet you no one else has made that sort of assumption, Dave. No, I, I think you're the first, Al. I think you're definitely the first Pretty to make that comparison. Oh, perfect. <laughs> you know, and then also I've got the, and if you get in the NFT, you can invest in the, the John Wayne NFT uh, calendar, you know. It's basically, we'll, we'll send you a signed photo of Rooster Cogburn signed by Shep as John Wayne. <laughs> So I, th I think, uh, you know, thanks very much, Dave and Shep. I think it's, that was a good place to sort of cut this off. You know, it was, uh, we started speaking about nuclear fusion. We moved into electric batteries. 
And now, essentially, we're, uh, we talked a little bit about chewing the cud and, you know, what's happening going forward. And, you know, Rooster Cogburn, you know, President Biden, 100 days in, he would sort out COVID. You know, to a certain extent, it, well, 100 days in, he basically got off the news as the main story and he's going to open things up again in 15th of June. So he's done those two things. And, you know, that, that's essentially everyone seems to be happier with that, you know. Uh, when Trump was trying to do that, they weren't so happy. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter. This is a political affiliations, you know. It's okay to think a certain way and for that guy to think his way. But right now, Rooster's back under pressure, you know. Right now for, you know, President Biden, big rooster, Right, they've changed. You know, everything's changed now because of like, how did we get COVID off the top story in the news? Well, it's war. It's war out in Jerusalem between Israel and Palestine. The sad thing about it is it's just missiles flying back and forward. You know, what's going to happen next? There's obviously going to be casualties. It's going to be horrible, you know. But this is splitting the Democrat Party in two. You know, on one side, you've got Biden, Pelosi. Pro-Israel, and the other side you've got uh, Big AOC and uh, Talisha and the crew, you know the squad they call themselves. You know, obviously in the other side, and then in a way it's weird because now they're sort of they, rather than sort of promoting some way of finding peace, they're now basically condemning the other guy faster and faster. They can defend themselves. It's we're allowed to defend ourselves. You're flying rockets in a city at each other. You know what I mean? There's little kids going to be dying, no matter what you think. And who's who's the who's the happy cat chappy in this whole thing right now? Mm, Lockheed Martin and other companies like that as well. You know, under COVID, they did very well. You know, defense budgets increased from about seven hundred and fifty billion to like nine hundred and thirty-four billion. So sales of ballistic missiles went up over COVID. Believe it or not, everyone else was closed down, but that went up. You know. And then you start thinking about, you know, what, what's this guy talking about? See, the problem is it's like, you know, a bi biological weapon was created with COVID or the potential use of a biological weapon is COVID. You know, if it wasn't a biological weapon and it came from some bat in some uh, market, you know, at the end of the day, they've got the capabilities to make something very similar, you know, in the lab that's 15 miles down the road, you know. But don't worry, we've all got these labs, everybody. Don't just think the Chinese have got that lab, you know. You know, the, the way it works is Bill Gates has got a, you know, a controlling interest in most of these labs. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. We don't need to get upset about it. It's a political thing. Anyway, this is a bit of a curveball for Big Rooster. You know, we'll be keeping an eye on him and seeing how he go, does, deals with this going forward. Thanks very much again for watching Boomers on the Blockchain. My name's Alistair Caithness. Have a good day.